0: Hey Hey hey, conversation with the Alaskan Gardeners on the air again and the great Ricky Nelson. Go into the garden party. okay, good morning, good morning. This is Landscape Alaska on the air. We're talking about landscaping and gardening questions. We're reaching boy, out is it the weather all for over it? it. Yeah, isn't it though?
1: Uh-huh? Talk about spring fever. Woo Yeah, it's hot out there.
0: That's right, almost (laughs) midsummer fever. It's boiling, and inside the greenhouses, wowie-zowie, things are cooking. I don't mean that they're cooking like being cooked, but they are full and exuberant and colorful.
1: Yeah.
0: We got our two big shipments in this week, and uh, we are stuffed to the gills. Landscape Alaska will be open today. Hope you come up and see me. And uh, it is, of course, Mother's Day weekend, and for Mother's Day, we've got some beautiful rhododendrons, we've got some lilacs, we've got gooseberries, we've got apple trees, we've got a greenhouse filled with perennials, and some absolutely stunning things to offer. Uh, We won't be open until I get back there after the radio show, so don't come before 10 o'clock, please. And uh, I'll be there until at least 5 this afternoon. So... Uh, it's on the Back Loop Road. If you don't know where it is, you can look at our website or you can uh, Google us up and you'll see find a map to it, Or above Goat Hill Road. So we're talking about the early spring tasks. Now we've moved on past the real early spring tasks.
1: Well, everybody's out working on their lawns. That's, that's what I'm going to be doing today.
0: That's right. And watering.
1: And watering. You really need to water. <coughs> so many people think, oh, well, there was all that snow and it melted, and you know, but really... It, The plants are coming alive. They've been under stress all winter, being dormant. And you want to really water them deeply, which means slowly. Low water volume, penetrating the ground, absorbing it in slowly and deeply. Not just blasting it over the surface so it runs off into the street.
0: Particularly the things that have their leaves out now already, and the ones that kept them over the winter, the rhododendrons, are really, they are needed. They really, really need it, and or once any you
1: of the any of the conifers.
0: That's right, any of the conifers, and those things that are going to bloom early, you know the primroses and the azaleas that are budded up so fine, yeah, and the lilacs that are forming their buds already. Man, oh man, it I'm seems know- like
1: we have some azaleas down uh, down in Montana Creek. We ought to go get
0: just a couple, but we ought to bring them up. You're right, they're beautiful. So we have a, a retail yard there at our house where you're familiar with and we feed it from another yard. And we've got lots of things that aren't, aren't in the retail yard yet. So if you're looking for something that you don't see, be sure and ask if we've got it. So it's, it is time to feed your rhododendrons now before the everything comes alive. You know, a plant that is uh, waist high and three or four feet across, it's gonna take a couple of big handfuls of fertilizer.
1: And I think backing it up with some um, Miracle-Gro liquid feed is a real plus because it goes immediately.
0: You can see the the result within days.
1: Yeah, you know, and because you can, you know, today you may not want to spray it on the leaves because it's going to get too hot. But, you know, it, it takes it up where the other granular fertilizer takes longer to release and blah, blah, blah.
0: Blah, 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 blah. And you know what else? that uh, liquid fertilizer that you're spraying on it goes right into the soil too you can spray it on the leaves and it gets absorbed by the foliar part but you can also spray it on the soil and soak the ground around it
1: but hot days you don't want to spray it on the leaves that's that was my
0: point i understand
1: it'll burn it so don't don't want to give advice and have people say i did just what you said and it all turned brown
0: and the leaves fell off (laughs) no right don't spray it on the leaves on days like this because it is as margaret said going to get too hot and the leaves will get burned Put it on the ground around it, but on those cooler, cloudier days, soak it down. Yeah. They like it. And so uh, the most that people liked yesterday coming and looking around were those big hydrangea trees.
1: Yeah. Well, they're pretty fantastic.
0: Pretty, pretty fantastic. It's a new kind of hydrangea, and uh, we've had access for about four or five years, but they are so different than the old-fashioned ones
1: right you have to put one of those limelights up on the deck for me mark sold
0: i'll do it today you know you can have the biggest one
1: i don't care about that i just i like the limelight a lot
0: Uh uh-huh so the limelight hydrangea these kind of hydrangeas have flowers that are kind of like lilacs long and pointed not the round ball shape and they make uh, they're a sturdy kind of a tree with a wooden framework rather than the, the juicy kind of framework like the ball-shaped ones are. And they have flowers on the foliage that grows this year. So you can prune them hard in the springtime and let them grow new foliage, and they'll have flowers on them yet this year.
1: I actually think pruning them hard is the way to do it in this climate, uh, only because the flowers get so big... That if the branches are too long, they have a hard time holding them up when it rains on them really hard. I'm but on the same when, page. But when you prune it back hard in the, in the fall and they have to come on, then the branches aren't so long. Because you see some pictures, you know, and the branches are six feet long. But that's in a drier, hotter climate. And the flowers are as big as somebody's head. So when we have our summer storms coming through, the hydrangea has a hard time holding that wet immense ball of flower up but having a shorter branch it doesn't have any problem
0: you think how much water a flower that's a foot and a half long and eight inches in diameter can hold i know it's got to be a lot okay this is a call-in show folks (laughs) so uh 586 will get you in you can ask questions to to, uh, margaret ask her about uh plant choice landscape design and uh how to care for things you can you want
1: to talk about apple trees talk to dave
0: that's right, you can talk about apple trees. And that's something else that we are all about these days. Apple trees. And the apple trees we have are various kinds. We have the the tried and true and standard Southeast Alaskan favorite, the yellow transparent, self pollinating. Flowers late so it, it misses the uh, last frost.
1: And then we have the columnar apples, and are they also self pollinating?
0: Self pollinating, yes. Uh, you so get more nice. apples if you have a pollinator. There's no question about it. Mm -hmm. But they are self-pollinating. You don't need one. And they have an apple tree, a columnar apple tree that's as tall as I am. Might have 50 apples on it.
1: Are we getting any of those cherry bushes this year?
0: Maybe. They're ordered. I don't know if we're going to get them or not.
1: Okay. And um, has anybody gotten any cherries on the ones that they have planted? It's only
0: been a couple years that we've had access to them. I don't think anybody's gotten fruit from them yet. Okay. So they should probably be, it may, might get fruit this year, though.
1: After
2: last year.
0: After last year's sunny, warm time. Yes, it really did grow. Good morning, Conversations.
2: Yes, can I ask a question off the air and then have you answer it on the air? Sure.
0: Hmm. Um, I don't know how to okay. do that. Just You oh. can call me up at home.
1: Okay. Or ask the question. Hang up.
2: Oh, Okay, well, I'm from Haynes. I have a cherry tree that's been been mauled by a bear a couple times last year, and, and that's the first time in, a, in a, that I know of. Um, it's, it's quite ugly now, but, you know, they can take quite a lot of abuse, and it's just like seven little trees coming out of all the same spot, you know, so it's not really a tree, kind of a, more like a, I don't know what you'd call it, but... So these things are coming out at like a 60 degree angle and it just makes a lot of cherries and, you know, a third of it's gone now. So it's just kind of all hanging to one side and it's blooming great and been keeping it watered and whatnot. And I'm just wondering, you know, some some folks told me it's almost like with cutting down and I'm like, are you crazy?
1: Mm-hmm. I, understand I, don't know what to think. I understand that. I understand that.
2: Okay, and other than that, I'm on the ferry. I'm going to be in Juneau for a week. I, I, I've never been to your place, but I'm on Back Loop Road all the time because I, sure. I come from the ferry to the near the glacier where I stay. And um, I just I don't really not I'm not a computer person. So, what street or is there a street sign or a name so I can come by some apple trees?
0: Yeah. This week. So if you come up from Auk Bay, and you right. go toward the glacier, at right. the at the hill above the lake. There's a little okay. residential loop called called Goat Hill Road, and it, and okay. both ends of that come onto the highway, and you okay. as just past that is a driveway that goes way up to the top of the hill. On the right-hand okay. side okay. of the, the
1: right. road, as you go towards okay. the glacier, Correct.
0: and if you look up that driveway all the way, you'll see a sign way up there that says Landscape Alaska, and we're if n- you, perfect.
1: We're not allowed so to if, have if, one. Did apple trees go for it
0: between uh 45 bucks to 300 bucks depends on okay. what kind and how big
2: Oh great. Okay. Well, I'll bring extra money.
0: That's I like that. <laughs> and you, you can speak always my language. You can always call us at
1: uh 321-4149 if you need okay. help finding us.
0: Oh, right. I'll find you. Okay. And uh send me some pictures of your apple tree to that cherry number. I, I, have I mean cherry. your cherry tree, I mean.
2: Okay. Okay. I'll I'll have them on my phone when I come in. Perfect. Okay.
0: And make sure that I'm there. You know, the nursery's open on the weekends. Uh, I see. Lots and of it, the rest of the time, we're out working.
2: In the evening. Okay. Okay. Oh, I see. I'll be there for a week. Okay. So, we, uh, call us up. I'll call that number.
0: That'll yeah, be great. Great. Okay. okay. Well, Looking forward for to it. Thanks
2: for calling. Great. Uh-huh.
0: And that brings up a, a topic of how to manage trees that have been Damaged. mauled by bears or hit by cars or had a tree fall on top of them or all those other kinds of of calamities that can affect trees. You know, your vision of, of the perfect tree with a, a four-foot-tall trunk and a round ball head like a child draws is only one way trees can be. You find trees that have been uprooted, lying on their side with only half of the root system still in the ground and bearing prodigious amounts of fruit. You know, it's not like it has to be a picture-perfect tree in order for it to be satisfying. No, and there but there's
1: also a lot of corrective pruning you can do to help balance a damaged tree so that it has a prettier future also. It doesn't have to stay looking as damaged as it is.
0: No, it doesn't. And and as a matter of fact, we have dug up 100-year-old trees that were going to be... Uh, cut down, you know, and they only had partial life on them and they didn't look very good and put them back into new situations and gave them better soils. And five years later, they looked tremendously different.
1: I just think about the digging up part. Never easy.
0: Never easy. You had to use a big powered forklift. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Never easy. I think about the time you crawled up that hillside with that Centennial apple tree for the woman who moved to the condo and she wanted it planted on the back her side. grandfather's
0: apple tree and she wanted it brought with her. And
1: you and three guys crawling on your hands and knees with, its with it wrapped and in a tarp. It, <laughs> and it tarp and truck it up there. All I thought was, I got to go someplace. Else. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, you know. It, you have this kind of relationship with the plant material sometimes. That and is with people. It absolutely transcends how much money it's worth. You know, if you have a... Uh, okay, you know, everybody heard gr- that. <laughs> well, there is that. But you know, like your grandmother's lilac. You I know? know. Think how many times you've heard that phrase, your grandmother's lilac.
1: My father planted a dogwood. I drive by our house that we had for 50 years just so I can see it. Yep. Not here, but in Portland.
0: Uh huh. And the and you'll never forget walking under it as a child.
1: No, I'll never forget planting it.
0: There you go. My father was a fruit tree collector. If you could grow it in California, he had it. And every springtime, he would go down to the nurseries and see what was new, and and uh, maybe. Uh, get a little slip off of something new and take it back home and graft it into his own trees.
1: You know, I don't know anything about grafting. I understand the concept, but maybe we ought to have a grafting class.
0: Maybe we ought to practice for a while. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Mm-hmm. I told you about my father's pal that, that grafted all those trees together. Right. Yeah, and then uh, when I was a boy, we would go and visit, and they had a, a group of cherry trees that were planted in a circle and the top then tied together, and then the the branches grafted together, so it was like a big monkey bar thing to climb on. And in the spring and wintertime, when there weren't leaves on it, you could climb around freely.
1: <clears throat> you mean so the bears would have an easier time getting well, up we
0: didn't you. have <laughs> bears in suburban California, I but you're know. right. I'm just easy. It would be monkeys would climb on it. Okay, so uh, let's talk about springtime perennials that are coming up. And coming available now. Well,
1: let's finish the conversation about the fertilizing. So if you're going to fertilize your rhododendrons and your roses and your potentillas and your mugo pines. And, and your the,
0: hydrangeas and your spireas yeah, and your lilacs. And all those all
1: regular things. ornamental things. Uh-huh. Uh, what is the recommendation for fertilizing? Just for what you can buy at the grocery store, 10-10-10?
0: If, if you find 10-10-10, remember that the fertilizer it tells you with those numbers what it is. And the uh, first number being nitrogen is the one you have to always pay attention to because it's the one that can burn. The other ones are nowhere near likely to burn. But if you put something on that's got a lot of nitrogen in it, you have to make sure there's lots of water around it. When you fertilize things in your garden, you don't put the fertilizer up by the trunk. That's not an active root zone. You put it out about where the outside edges of the branches are.
1: Where the, it's called the drip line. That's right. So when the water runs on it, when it rains, it's dripping on the ground, and that's where the active roots are.
0: There you go. And and actually, the roots go out way further than that. But if you use if you do that around there as a general rule, you're safe, and you don't put it in in a like a line like a slug bait. You scatter it around, scatter it around over a two foot wide area and.
1: And you always make sure you water the ground first and then you put the fertilizer down Absolutely. so that they're not dry because it, it acts like a salt.
0: It is, and it sucks water out of things. So you make sure there's plenty of water. The soil should be moist. The air should be dry. Go ahead and fertilize there and then water it in, and it'll soak into the the already moistened soil.
1: And then the roots take it up. And the thing is, is that when you do fertilize plants, they respond right away. I mean, we, our soils, for the most part, it takes a long time to build a nutritious soil, and our soils are so young. You know, we need like another 250,000 years here to be where we're going to have fertile soil. So that doesn't mean you can't make it, you know, with composting and, and all the things that people do to help build soil texture. But to keep the, the nutrition up, you really need to actively be feeding it. Whether it's with chicken manure, rabbit manure, uh, steer manure, or fertile dry granular fertilizers, or liquid feed like you know um, Miracle Grow, I'm glad to see that Miracle Grow came out with an organic liquid feed. I'm excited about that.
0: Did they? Yeah, and
1: and they have an organic uh, soil content instead of a chemical, you know, a non-organic soil content thing too so that you can you know fertilize your fruit shrubs and your trees and all that and, and your lettuce exciting. and your beets and that's exciting
0: yes and and people are going to love that i love it uh-huh
1: even though i work mostly for other people <laughs> i don't have time to have my own garden much but
0: you're going to have a bunch <laughs> this year though there's no question
1: our rhubarb are up
0: oh good the rhubarbs are just booming this year absolutely booming They're and you by know- the
1: japanese maples
0: that's right I planted them. Mm-hmm. And you notice that the, uh, the blueberries are budding up like crazy.
1: Yeah. So this is a call-in show.
0: 586- We'll be glad to tell you about anything you like.
1: Let's talk about what's happening in
0: your yard. That's right. And it's time to plant carrots. Juno's favorite crop, potatoes. Second favorite crop, carrots.
1: And do you have French nantes seed?
0: I do. Good. I have French Nantes seed, and I have the little golf ball-sized seeds, and I'm going I'm to plant all that stuff this week.
1: I'm not crazy about those, but I, I love Nantes.
0: I'm crazy about all that stuff. And I've, I have those window, so boxes,
1: window boxes that I want to plant the carrots in. Okay, good.
0: And so I think what we ought to do, too, is we should take some two-gallon cans and plant them just full of carrots.
1: That's fine. I'm all for that.
0: It's, uh, and they last a long time. You know, you can have carrots well into the, the middle of the winter, and they're, you know, just fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I had people talking yesterday about uh, scarlet runner beans, saying that they uh, grew really, really well, and they have planted them every year. Wow. And uh, green beans are hard to have here. That's a different species. But Adam told me yesterday he planted green beans in his, one of his tunnels, and he got a good crop on it last year.
1: Well, having a tunnel makes all the difference.
0: <laughs> it really does. <clears throat> Warming up the soil it also extends your season long enough. To it think keeps it.
1: the wet off, really and truly. I think the water here is more detrimental when it, there's too much of it for vegetables than anything else. So having protection for that to keep them less fungus-riddled.
0: Let's talk about fruiting shrubs. We have about 150 gooseberries and currants and uh, if somebody would like to talk about that give me a call I'm going to talk about it a little bit anyway because I just love them so much and uh, gooseberries are probably my favorite productive fruiting shrub around here the flavor is absolutely spectacular good morning conversations
2: hey um, I have a cherry tree and I have a honeysuckle uh, plant or vine and they were they were not doing well, like five years ago. So I put some powdered fertilizer on them, and it worked wonderful. And but I forgot what it was. Could, could you, what would you recommend in the way of a box fertilizer, dry dry product?
0: Well, it depends on what you can get. Really, you know, if you go down to the store and you look and see, almost all the fertilizers available in the homeowner size are now organics, and they're uh, low fertility you know like 555. Five, five. And if you want to have something that has uh you want to hang up, I could just keep telling you on the air. You can stay on. It's okay.
2: Well, well, okay. I just want to add though that you're going in the right direction for me, except that the the uh the variety is so overwhelming. It is just hard to sort it out. Uh so I would ask that you try to do that for me.
0: Okay. Thank you. Don't worry about the name brands. Look at the number on the front of it. And the number tells you what it's going to do, and and so five 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 is percentage by weight of of the chemicals, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potash. Nitrogen gives you the green growth, new branches, new leaves. Phosphorus gives you the the tonic and gives you the uh, flowers, gives you the the fruiting quality, and the last one, the phosphorus, is really essential potash. for. Right. Nitrogen, phosphorus, potash, potash, you're right. And the potash is really essential for the cell growth and the strength of the plant, the general health. So if you are, ha- are growing something that you want to have a lot of fruit on and you don't care about getting lots of, of leafy growth, like apple trees. You, know, you want something that's, that's moderate in nitrogen, high in phosphorus, low in potash. You want something that you want to have uh, a, a big exuberant top growth on. You're growing your hedges. You want more nitrogen. If you want something that is only
1: the, the honeysuckle for the flowers and the and all that,
0: that one will take one that's like five 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 or 10, ten, ten. You know that's going to give you something that's balanced like that. The old favorite in Southeast Alaska was eight thirty two sixteen. You're hardly able to find that anymore. But if if somebody knows where you can buy it. Call us up and tell us because that's high in that stuff that's that's giving you fruit and flowers in the middle. Doesn't and
1: Don Abel often carry that?
0: Well, they used to, but I haven't seen it there in a couple of years. Okay. And uh, if you're doing your lawn, you know, you're not going to use 16, 16, 16 because you're not caring about fruit on your lawn. You're going to put something that's almost all nitrogen. Hope that's a help. And, you know, we use... We use several tons of chicken manure every year ourselves, and we put it as a, a mulch underneath rhododendrons. We use it as a fertilizer on the bedding plants. We put it around our our fruiting plants. You know, it's a uh, an all-purpose organic fertilizer that also builds soil quality.
1: And whenever it rains or you water, it becomes a manure tea, and that the plants love it.
0: They really do. And you, you don't see the instant response that you do with a with a bag of triple 16, but the soil fertility increases, and it's so much more pleasant.
1: And in the long run, for gardening, that's really what you want, is to build up your soils.
0: Mm-hmm. I grew up in an adobe world where the ground cracked open in the summertime because it got hot. And my mother, in her organic U pick farm, would put on about eight inches of manure everywhere every springtime. And... Uh, Boy, she could grow bumper crops with that.
1: When I grew up in Holland, um, oh, there's a phone call.
0: Well, good morning, Conversations.
2: You talk about um, what kind of a planting mixture to plant glass. Is there a mixture that you
1: can recommend to kind of make dirt to plant shrubs in? Sure.
0: Yeah, you betcha. Absolutely. Thank so, you. So for planting shrubbery, uh, if... What we do for most of that stuff is we start with a uh, washed sand mix, and we start with uh, equal parts of washed sand, peat moss, and composted chicken manure, and
1: and then for the and then we add fine bark.
0: That's right. Now those are things that you can buy all the time, and they're weed free and disease free. And what you want to do is have something that is loose enough that, it, that the plant roots can grow around in it freely. The water will drain through it. Not to say that plants won't grow in other situations, but this is a really standard, easy, reliable thing to make yourself. And you can fill in holes in your garden with this. The nice thing about it is that, A, it's always available and B, it's got no weed seeds in it. That's something you have to really look out for when you buy dirt. If you're going to buy dirt from somebody, you know, you want to make sure that it's not just screened uh, construction site debris.
1: Because you know. it's so fine, things have a hard time growing in it. It's like, it turns to cement in the ground, and right. it's just riddled with weed seed.
0: And it's really disappointing to put all that effort and money into a place and have it turn out to be all horsetail and buttercup. So starting off with the clean materials, that's a really good way to do it. And And the
1: organic content, you use the sand because it's not too expensive and it's pliable, but the organic content is what you're trying to build up over time. So that's one of the reasons why we add manure to our plantings uh, almost every year is to help build that up or if you have a nice compost pile that will work too it just takes a long time for everything to break down to where it's actually giving nutrient to the soil
0: now let's talk about our really favorite thing our really favorite thing for growing shrubbery is natural peat southeast Alaskan native peat And it has to be not from the surface. You know, you peel the top off. And there are construction sites where people are doing work, and they take off the top, and they find that it is filled with peat, native peat. And that stuff is wonderful. And where we live, we just lay the peat on top of the inhospitable soil and plant in that. You say we have two minutes? Oh, well. Okay, I hope that was some help. And uh, if not, if if that's not enough information, call me up later or send me an email. You can always send us emails, landscapealaska.gmail. We respond all the time. Send us pictures, too. So if my yard looks like this, I want to do that, we can generally give you some advice like that.
1: And happy Mother's Day to all you you wonderful mothers out there.
0: And all you people who have mothers. Happy Mother's Day to you, too. Okay, so uh, we're going to be back on the air next week. And we now have a podcast of our, our uh, broadcasts. Thanks to Jeremy Hausman, the guy that runs the boards here. And he has put it on Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, and pretty much every other podcast thing you can think of. Conversation with Alaskan Gardeners, we'll be filing back. If you want to come back and look at us next year, can <laughs> have this conversation. Sure. Okay, we'll be open today. Talk to you next week. Landscape Alaska. Remember. Happy Gardening. Went to a garden party, reminisced with
3: my old friends, a chance to share old memories, play songs again. When I got to the garden party, they all knew my name. So you got to please yourself People came for miles around Everyone was there Yoko brought a walrus There was magic in the air Over in the corner Much to my surprise Mr. Hughes hidden Dylan's shoes his disguise, but it's all right now. Learn my lesson well. See, you can't please everyone, so you got to please yourself. La da da. La them all the old songs I thought that's why they came No one heard the music Didn't look the same I said hello to Mary Lou She belongs to me When I sang a song about a honky tonk It was time to leave, it.